Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thank you. Hey, if you're a newer Christian, I encourage you to go for the next half hour and learn some more what it means to follow Jesus, because Pastor Doug is an amazing teacher. So some of those that have got saved in the last six or 12 months, um, we're going to pray, and what we do, encourage you to go and join that class, because you will really, really be helped in your journey. Father, you're so good. We thank you for your amazing love. Lord, I just thank you for your spirit right now, just touching our lives. Thank you for your anointing, Lord, overflowing us. And Lord, as we sang earlier, we will not be over. Overwhelmed. I thank you, Lord, that we will not be overwhelmed by the circumstances of our life, but we will only be overwhelmed by your love, your power, your presence, and your freedom over our lives. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I was thinking as we were driving here today, it was a bit foggy, hey? And sometimes when it's foggy, you can't see very well. But then I saw the sun start to break through, and I thought, hey, it's a bit like our lives sometimes. Life gets a bit foggy a bit overwhelming, but then all of a sudden the sun starts to break through and then we can see clearly. And I pray that that will be your experience today, that we will see clearly in the name of Jesus. Let's take our seats. God is so good. What a great time we had last week with uh, Pastor Don McDonnell and he always brings a fresh life and freedom of the Spirit. But one thing he said to us personally, and he did um, also speak it publicly, that just kept going over and over in my spirit all week. And I want to pick up one of those things. He said, declare, not describe. Declare, not describe. Now, what does that mean? I'm going to open that up and unpack that comment today. Often, we describe our needs, our problems, our sicknesses, our situation and we spend a whole lot of time describing and spending most of our time talking about what we need instead of declaring what God says is the answer to our need and I want to talk about that because we get overwhelmed with our feelings and circumstances and situations around us and if we're not careful we spend a whole lot of time becoming experts on how to understand our situation instead of declaring what God has done on the cross to bring breakthrough and transformation. I want to look at that word declaring today, not just describing but declaring. Romans 10 verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, we declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it is a believing, and then you've got to declare it. You've got to declare it with your mouth, what you're believing that God has done and is doing in your life. And it goes on and says, For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, Anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The name, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But you won't be saved unless there's a calling, a believing and a declaring. And God wants us to learn to declare His promises, 
his word, his kingdom reality over our minds and hearts and lives and not just become really good at describing and understanding our situation. It's important to be emotionally honest. It's important not to live in denial. But we need to learn to declare and walk this journey of faith. And Don stirred our hearts again last week because he was paralyzed. And there was no way he could ever walk again until the word started to get him and God said, you've got to start to declaring healing over your body. And he'd speak to his toe and say, toe, you start to move. That there was no signals getting through. And he declared and said, and said, toe, you must move. He declared by faith and his toe, guess what? His toe started to move. Within weeks, he was walking and restored. And then he, his arm wouldn't work. And he said, arm, you must work in Jesus' name. And so his arm started to work as he declared by faith God's promise over his life. And every year he goes and gets his checkup at the Auckland Hospital. They do the scans and x-rays. And this, his right arm, there's part of the nerves and ligaments. They are not connected. And the doctors say, it's impossible for you to move that arm. He says, like this, and then he writes, Jesus heals on the board in front of them. Every year, the same thing happens. God's healed him, but chosen to leave some of it disconnected. So every day, he's a walking miracle, and he declares, by faith, I walk. Now, not every, all of us have to have that journey of supernatural faith, but I believe many of us settle for way less than what God has for us because we live a life of natural reasoning instead of supernatural faith. And tonight, today I want to just explore that a little bit more. And every time I meet Don, he reminds me of the power of faith and declaring what God says over our lives. What does God declare over us? Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, See, <coughs> the former things have taken place and new things I declare. God declares some amazing things over us. He says, I want you to step up and live in new things. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. So God is busy declaring over us his promises, his preferred future. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse of heaven is declaring the work of his hands. How amazing is that? You go and look at the sky at night. Just blows me away to see the stars and the moon. Daytime, you look at the sun, you see the clouds, the rain. You just stand and look, and it says it declares the glory of God. You look at creation, it declares his glory. God's speaking to us all the time, whether you're hearing his voice, but you look around. You look at transformed people's lives. You watch a young baby grow. All of them are miracles that declare the handiwork of God. He's declaring to us, all the time, his amazing blessing. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Now we've got Jeremiah 29, 11 that uh, Marilyn shared at the offering time. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He's declaring over us all the time. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. There it is again. So that God is declaring 
all these amazing promises and future over our lives. And we all have circumstances. We all have limitations. We have seasons of difficulty and sickness and discouragement and disappointment. We have those. But are you going to stay in those or are you going to start to declare and live the life of faith that God wants us to step into? We've all had setbacks. Don't stay there in that place. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? Let's say it together. If God is for us, who can be against us? And yet we spend so much time talking about our problems and needs and how the enemy is robbing and stealing from us. We've forgotten what God declared over us. We've forgotten that the enemy is a created angel and nothing more. And he lies and tries to make himself bigger and more powerful than our God. We've got to realize that if God is for us, who can be against us? And we've got to declare that over our lives every day and remind ourselves that our God is an awesome God. He's the almighty God. It goes on. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also not along with him graciously give us all things? You say, well, I don't have all things. God wants to give you all things that are necessary for your life and journey. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God <coughs> and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is the declaration of God over us. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Here's the declaration of God over us. If you know His love, you can walk through anything. Not saying it will be easy, not saying it won't be challenging, but with God's declaration over us, we can walk through. Then it says, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. And there are thousands of verses throughout the Bible that God's declaring over us how we can live in victory, in freedom, in courage, facing our fears, overcoming stuff. But are we going to stay describing our problems or are we going to step up and start declaring the solutions? That's a journey we all face in various ways. I face it as a pastor. We face it as parents. We face it as young people. We face it as students. We face it when there are challenges. We choose every day whether we're going to walk by faith 
or we're going to live by our natural sight. And God says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And yet we live by sight so often and we forget the faith element that God's called us to arise and keep growing. So the first one is, what does God declare to us? What do we declare to the Lord? Often we describe our worry, our anxiety and fear, and then ask Him for help. God wants us to be emotionally honest. But don't stay and live only in the natural, because the supernatural Holy Spirit lives in us to be naturally supernatural. And I know in my life, when I pray in the Spirit, when I choose to take God's Word above what I might feel or what I might see with the natural, that's when I start to live in the realm of God's breakthrough and supernatural. And God sends Don every year just to remind us and stir us up of the power of living in that realm of supernatural life, of declaring what God has for us. Abraham is one of the great illustrations in the Bible. Romans 4.18, I love this, a few verses. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I love this story. It, it gives us faith for the ideal and faith for the real. It says he faced the fact. He didn't live in denial. Some people think, well, if, it's, if I live in faith, I never ever say I'm sick or I never ever say I've got no money and there's no money in the house and you're crook as a dog. Just be real. Abraham faced the fact that he was 100 years old. Sarah was 90. There was no way that they could have this promised child in the natural. But God had made the promise when he was 75, 25 years earlier. Wow, how would you hold on to a promise for 25 years that God was going to promise? It was going to be a supernatural miracle at 75. And Sarah was 65. I think that would set a world record right there. <coughs> and don't say, well, they lived till uh, 900 years old. This was after that time period. So someone says, well, they were only young. No, they were not living much longer than we were by the time of Abraham's generation. So at 75, it was going to be a supernatural. And then God allowed him to wait for another 25 years, just so that everyone knew in the natural this was total impossible. This was a God event. And sometimes God will allow you to go through a period of time where you think, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't add up. And it doesn't to the natural mind, because if you're going to live by natural reasoning, it won't add up. But God works on a whole different time frame, and it's called faith, and it's called His purposes. So when it, we've got children, or we've got family situations that are not working out, you can keep declaring and believing, get a promise from God, from the Scripture, or prophetically, and you keep praying and declaring that and saying, God, you've promised. 
You promised in your word and you declare it by faith and you will see it come to pass. Whether it's a week, a month, a year or 25 years, that's the journey that God calls us to live. You say, that's too hard. It's not when you let the Spirit work in you. When we live by the Spirit, we will see greater and greater things. And many of us here today are a product that somewhere on your journey, you learned to declare by faith and hold on to the promise and never gave up. How many miracles have we got in our lives? Some of us are alive today by the grace of God. Many of us have got family members that are following God or that are alive that naturally should not be alive because of the situations of life. Some of us, God's giving you a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance in relationships and family and business that in the natural, you, wouldn't, you shouldn't have a chance again. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love Abraham. He faced the fact he didn't live in denial, but he didn't stay describing his circumstances. He learned to declare the promise of God every day. Every night he went out and looked at the stars and God says, remember the stars? Declare, that's how many descendants you're going to have. God gave him some visual reminders. That's why we have communion. That's why we have the promises. God will give you visual reminders to help you not give up on your journey of freedom, of blessing, of overflow. We all, all need them. And some of us are really good at describing because we love detail. Some of us are emotionally very aware. Some of us are intellectually very aware. And you have to find a way to wrestle through that which controls you, whether it's your feelings or whether it's your mind that will just say, well, it can't be. God, you promised it. That doesn't make sense. I can't see that happening. If you keep talking like that, it never will. That's where you've got to move. I was um, quite intellectual. I remember a uh, prophet came when I was about 19 and he called me out the front and I was the assistant youth leader and he says, why do you live out of your mind? You've got to learn to get into your spirit and live out of that. And I'm standing there thinking, God, do you have to say this publicly? You know, I was trying to be the young man of faith in the church. But God knew I, and I needed to be blasted with the truth that I could not live out of my mind primarily. And some of you have studied, you've got a whole pile of degrees, and you are intellectual, it's a gift of God, but some of you are trapped by living out of your mind instead of your spirit. And God arrested me and said, stop trying to reason it all out, learn to trust me from your spirit, and then your mind will be renewed, and then you will work together in unity. Others, you are so controlled by your emotions and your feelings, oh, I don't feel like it today, so I'm not going to read the Bible. I don't feel like going to church today, so you don't. You are driven and controlled by your feelings instead of by faith and God's promise for your life. We can all get trapped in it. And God says there's a higher, freer way. And the more I've learned to live by faith from my spirit, man, my mind has been renewed. My relationships and communication are more whole. Blessing flows and overflows. There are still times I start thinking about how's that going to work out. I think about the home for the harvest and God, how are we going to find three and a half million dollars to build that? If I start reasoning, I get discouraged. But then I start to look at the track record of what God's already done and God says, I will provide. And every time I get down that track, he'll remind me, someone will come or a prophecy will come and think, okay, God, sorry, I'm just thinking it, I'm overthinking it again. Some of you are overfeeling it again. 
and the hurt and disappointment still locks you up. But God says, I want you to learn to declare by faith the promises of God over your life. He loves us and He wants to draw us into an overcoming lifestyle. Psalm 61, 1 and 2 says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Wow, when your heart's overwhelmed, God says, hey, don't give up. Don't stay there. Lead me to the rock. Start declaring that your father's a good father. When you feel alone, saying, God, you've promised to never leave me or forsake me. You've put me in a family and you're going to teach me how to love and be loved. You're going to help me overcome that rejection. You're going to help me to overcome my limitations so I can rise to be the leader that you've called me to be. I'm going to arise and fulfill your destiny over my life. I'm not going to let fear control me. Psalm 29, 1 and 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Ascribe is another word to declare. What a beautiful thing. To declare the awesomeness of our God. Psalm 96 3 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. One more Psalm 71 verse 8 says, My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor when I'm in church, when I'm feeling good. Declaring your splendor all day long. Wow. Declaring his blessing. And it's interesting, on the day of Pentecost, what was happening? They all got filled with the Holy Spirit. They're prophesying, speaking in other tongues. And it says in verse 11, Acts 2, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we heard them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. God will get you to declare out of your language the language that your workmates, the language that your university friends, the language that your children, the language that your elderly relatives. God will help you to speak in their language, declaring the works of God. How amazing is our God? And thirdly, what do we declare over ourselves and over others? This is where we really trip up sometimes. We're okay declaring how awesome God is. We sometimes hear what He's declaring over us, but this is where we really wrestle sometimes. What do you declare over ourselves and over others? Psalm 18.21, Proverbs 18.21 in the Amplified says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Wow, what do we declare over ourselves? It would, we would be horrified if, if we had a little recorder that recorded all the words we speak about ourselves and others over a week. The self-talk that goes on. Don called it the chatterbox inside. How that when the pressure's on, we say, oh, that's too hard, I can't do that. How many times we say, I can't? It won't happen. That's too difficult for me. I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. We just live in that realm where God says, hey, I want you to work through that and arise. Proverbs 18, 21, the message says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. That puts it pretty plain, isn't it? Negative, destructive words will poison your soul and will poison other people. If you tell a child long enough, they'll never amount to anything. Guess what they're going to do? 
They won't believe they can amount to anything. But if you sow words of life and declare, hey, I believe God's created you with amazing gifts. I believe God's created you with, with a, an adventure, a spirit of adventure, and you're going to achieve so much in your life. Guess what? They're the kids that excel. Some of us haven't had that upbringing. Some have. But God then comes and starts to declare His promises over our life so that we don't have to settle for where we are and what other people said we will be. God's Word comes and cuts right across it and says, you'll be an overcomer. You will, you have, I've got great plans for you. I've got plans of hope and a future. Often we focus on and speak negative things over ourselves and others. How about you, you're having a busy day and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon someone says, you're looking a bit tired. Now, if you take that on, immediately you say, yeah, I'm feeling tired. The speech center of the brain determines how you function and releases endorphins that will make you feel tighter. I don't use that word very often at all. Because when you start to, you were feeling great until someone said you're looking tired, and then you take that on and start to repeat it, and guess what happened? You think, oh boy, I need, I need a coffee or I need some chocolate. Or yeah, I've had a pretty busy day and I'm, I'll, I hope I'll make it to the end of that. You immediately allow someone else's words to undermine your level of strength and focus. We do it to ourselves all the time. Those who are emotionally aware, be very careful how you speak to others. It's good to offer support and emotional connectedness, but be very careful you don't sow seeds that cause words that will start to undermine their strength and their victory. It is so, so destructive. Be very careful what you declare over yourself and over others. And I just think we need to be, we need to get wiser about this. With tired, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. If you keep repeating that, guess what? Everything will overwhelm you. You say, hey, I've got a few challenges, but God, by your grace, you're going to help me get through today and succeed, not just make it to the end of the day. It's a choice. What you declare over yourself will release energy and creativity in your mind and your spirit and your emotions. It is so, so powerful, and we've been conditioned to describing instead of declaring. And I believe God wants to shift some of us from a declaring, oh, I don't think I'll be able to do that. I've never done that before, so this is going to be so hard. You have just talked yourself into making it harder than what it's going to be. Because then you expect it to be harder than what it, it is. Faith releases energy and say, this is a new project. I've never done this before. God, I ask for your help. Bring the right people to me. And Lord, when I'm feeling like it's, I'm afraid or when you procrastinate, we all do that, don't we? The tough pass, we always put them at the bottom of the pile. But God says, have courage to face it. Speak some faith into it. The Holy Spirit within you. The Bible says when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, it will release power and ability. <coughs> it's just not power, but it's ability in our hearts and our lives. We can uh, speak and pray life, hope, and truth. Hebrews 11 once it says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen the conviction of their reality faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses wow 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 that's true faith your natural senses cannot fully comprehend faith it's a spiritual reality and that's what god says live out of your spirit second 
Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. I remember when I was a kid at uh, Sunday school, they taught me this song. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Whatever the Lord says will stand. Anyone remember that little song? No, you don't. I learned that one. Yes, someone does. One. God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Whatever the Lord says will stand. Very simple kid's song, but it's a powerful truth. We need to be reminded. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. In other words, you're not going to reason, argue, let fear hold you back from living in the fulfillment of what God has for our life. Are we going to describe or are we going to declare what God has promised for our hearts and our lives? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. The things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting, but the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. I want to finish with a thought from the Word for today. Some of you read that devotion. Yesterday's devotion grabbed my spirit and highlights this truth of whether we're going to stay for describing and just looking at feelings or thoughts or what we see or whether we're going to arise and keep living in faith. It's based out of the verse of Romans 8 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. You say, I fall so far short of God's standards. Will there ever come a time when my old carnal nature will stop acting up and trying to drag me down? There's bad news and there's good news. The bad news is, just as the law of gravity is always in operation, so is the law of sin that your fleshly nature wants to respond to. The good news is you can access a higher law and operate in it. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and it overrides the law of sin and death. The law of gravity says that what goes up must come down. But when you're in an aeroplane, another law is in operation, the law of aerodynamics. It works like this. The plane moves at a certain speed and the proper thrust enables it to climb out of the pull of gravity. That doesn't mean the law of gravity is no longer the law of gravity. It is overridden by a greater law. What is the law of the Spirit? Good question. The answer is when you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and relying on His power rather than your own, which means being sensitive to His leading and obeying His commands, you are no longer controlled by the law of sin and death. It is no longer about trying harder, but leaning harder on God's Spirit who lives within you and drawing from Him the strength to live victoriously. Wow, wow, wow. Let's stand in His presence today. Oh, you're so good, Lord. We've just got a few minutes before we finish our service. In the next five minutes, I want to encourage you to think about what's been shared. Are you really good at describing your situation and feelings and emotions? Most of us are, because that's the world we live in. And I'm not talking about denial. I'm talking about being honest and real like Abraham was but not staying there, but arising to the greater law of faith in the Holy Spirit that God's called us to live in. And some of you right now have been overwhelmed and you've, you've become very good at describing the situation. 
But God wants you to start to speak and declare the Word of God and faith that can change you. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Just let the Holy Spirit (coughs) touch our hearts today because He's here with us. He loves us so much. And maybe today you've been thinking about situations and fears and future and things that just don't add up and you're saying, how am I going to make it? We start out the beginning of the day full of faith, but by the end of the day, you're once again just focusing on feelings and emotions and symptoms and other people's words. But I believe God's calling us, drawing us to live in the realm of blessing, breakthrough, faith. What are you going to declare? Some of us need to start changing the what we declare over our lives or keep doing it until we see blessing. Maybe your marriage is being difficult, you need to say, Lord, by your faith, we're going to declare together in unity blessing over our marriage. And we're going to declare understanding and healing and and peace. Maybe there's a a financial challenge and you keep overthinking it all the time. God says, I want you to declare by faith and ask him for his strategies that will take you into a new place of freedom. In Jesus' name. Maybe it's about your own mind and and body and, and things that still try to control you, but you say, God, I give myself to you so that you, by your Spirit, can lead me. Let's just take a moment to make a surrender right where you are before the Lord. Maybe you need to just surrender your mind or your emotions or your mouth. Oh, God. Surrender our mouth. Oh, Jesus. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. But the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the speaks only, the mouth's only speaking what's inside your heart. So God, fill my heart and my mind. Let's pray that prayer today, that God will fill our heart. He'll fill our mind with His presence. Oh God, you will fill my soul with your presence. So I will be declaring your promises. I'll be declaring your word. I'll be declaring your goodness and your mercy and your love and your strength. I'll be declaring your healing. Lord, I'll be declaring. Some of you have been prayed for these last weeks for healing and breakthrough in your life. Why don't you reach up to heaven right now and let's, let's reach up and declare that again and receive that, that which has been prayed over you for deliverance and release over your body from strongholds, from addictions. Oh God, we declare today. Lord, we join together. We declare today your victory, your breakthrough. Lord, we release your provision over our lives. Lord, we thank you for your breakthroughs. Oh, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. And today, Lord, we declare your blessings. Now, I want you for a moment to declare over your life what God has promised you. Lord, I thank you. I receive that freedom. God, I declare that my mind will be renewed. God, I I declare that my emotions will not control me. Lord, but they'll be an indicator of where I'm at. God, I receive your breakthrough. Lord, I pray blessing over my family, my relationships, my friendships. God, I declare your blessing over my finances. Lord, my work situation that's been overwhelming you and you keep talking about how overwhelmed you are, God says, change your confession. Ask the Holy Spirit to change it because if you don't, you'll just get the same results. God says, you've got to start declaring the promises that my strength is sufficient. All things are possible to him that believes. God says, if you start declaring that, you will see the breakthroughs happen more and more. Lord, I pray that over our lives. Lord, I pray that over our lives. Oh, in Jesus' name. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 